Welcome to the Cardinal Med Podcast, where our goal is to empower and inform future doctors. If you're a student looking to achieve more and stress less, you've come to the right place. Here's your host, Chris DeCero. Welcome back to the Cardinal Med Podcast. This is episode number seven, titled Let's Talk Dentistry. And I hope everyone's enjoying the fancy new intro and the fancy new podcast cover. Just a little something to kind of uh, up the quality of the podcast, I'd say. So yeah, this is episode number three of our Let's Talk series, where we bring in people from other forms of healthcare who are going to talk about their experiences studying and, if it applies, practicing that form of healthcare. So I brought in my friend Viv on the show today so I could ask her about her experience as a pre-dental student. She wants to eventually practice dentistry and, much like me, is in the weeds of applying to pre-professional school, in her case, dental school. So I thought I'd bring her on the show and ask her about her experiences in applying and what you can expect in a career like dentistry and just some insight into her experiences as a student thus far. As you're going to find out, Viv came very prepared to this interview and had a lot of high-yield information to give to our listeners. So if you're fortunate enough to hear this interview, uh, you're really going to enjoy this one. Viv's very well-spoken and has a lot of insight that I think you'll be able to really benefit from. So stick around and really just enjoy learning about maybe a field that you have not considered, or if you are considering it, really absorb these high-yield tips that Viv's going to provide to you. So enjoy. Okay, so today I'm joined here by my friend Vivian. Say hi, Vivian. Hi. How are you doing today? I am great. How are you? Doing all right. Um, Vivian here is going to talk to us a bit about her journey as a pre-dental student. So we're going to change things up. I know before we talked about the pre-nursing track, we had cash on the show, but today we have Vivian who's going to provide some insight onto what it's like uh, being a pre-dental student and uh, what her goals are for the future as a dental student. All right, so to get us started, Viv, would you mind giving us a little background on, uh, I guess, your academic journey, maybe what you were looking for in a college, um, like what, what you're majoring in, do you like the major, all that stuff, you know, how'd you really arrive at dental? How did I arrive at dental? That's a good question. Um, so I am currently a junior at Muhlenberg. Um, I am a first generation student, a neuroscience major with minors in English and chemistry. I came to Muhlenberg because I was looking for a school with a strong pre-health and neuroscience program. It was close to home, I'm only 30 minutes away. And um, I really was looking for a small school because it was important to me to have these intimate friendships and connections with my peers and my professors. I love that you can just, you know, ask your professor if they're free and then you can go and get like a a sandwich at the deli with them or, you know. And I I needed to know the names of the people that I walked past on campus. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a small school like Muhlenberg, I know I could get that academic and social support that I wanted I decided to major in neuroscience because um, I really like the interdisciplinary nature of it. In my opinion, if you study strictly biology and chemistry, um, it could get a little repetitive and you can go in a lot of depth with it, but you can't really see the connection between all of the disciplines like you can in neuroscience. So in neuroscience, you can talk about like biology, chemistry, psychology, philosophy, so many other disciplines. And um, at Muhlenberg, I also have done a little bit of research with Chris. We are in the same research lab. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking we could tell them together about what our research is about. Mm-hmm. So Chris and I are in an analytical chemistry lab, but we do a collaboration with the neuroscience department. Really getting in that liberal arts feeling, you know. Yeah, that interdisciplinary. Cross-disciplines, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So our, our goal was to basically study naturally derived neuropharmacological agents and its physiologi- physiological effects. Um, so Chris and I work on a lot of instrumentation, but it was really important to, for us to know like how these specific receptors work. They're called the GABA-A receptors. Um, they're the primary inhibitory receptor in the nervous system. So, you know, when something binds to that, neuro, that, uh, that receptor, you get um, relaxed, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much the gist. Yeah. Um, as far as extracurriculars go, I am currently the vice president of the Pre-Health Honor Society on campus, the, also the president and coach of the swim club. I'm also a peer tutor and a member of the pre-dental club, as I am a pre-dental student. Yeah, she's got a lengthy resume, as you can see. <laughs> um, okay, Viv. So... I guess going into the meat of the interview, uh, so I understand, and I guess no one else would really know this if, unless you knew Viv, but Viv was once pre-med at some point. I was. Yeah, before switching over to the pre-dental crowd. <laughs> so I guess before really talking about that, what got you into medicine in general? And this goes for both uh, dental medicine and I guess what was before allopathic medicine. Um, I guess I'll, I'll talk about regular medicine first. I got interested in healthcare and medicine at a young age, as most people do. I realized that I really liked learning about the sciences in grade school and learning about how everything works, the ins and outs. I just found myself asking why all the time and delving further into like what makes this concept ticked at its core, you know? Like what I mean by that is like biology has its basis in chemistry, chemistry has its basis in physics and so on. And also coming from an Asian household, my parents really encouraged me to consider medicine as a potential career due to its prestige and opportunity to like give back to the world, especially um, with this passion for science that I developed. Um, it, you know, it was the ultimate American dream. <laughs> I shadowed as many physicians as I could, worked as a certified nurse's aide in my first year of college, which really, I will talk about that later, but that really um, made a huge impact on me. And I also attempted to learn about the increasingly innovative techniques in medicine and like through scientific literature, which really solidified my interest in medicine. Awesome, sweet. And I guess going back to the whole switch, what made you ultimately switch to the dental path? I guess briefly, because I imagine we're gonna touch on it a lot. So what, um, I guess what un- underlying themes really provoked your switch? Um, I, I have a story about this actually. Um, the large part of something that really contributed to my switch was the copious amount of shadowing that I did and my job as a certified nurse's aide. So if you know me, uh, once I have a goal in mind, it takes a lot for me to change direction with that goal. So when I was shadowing, I kept asking my physicians whether they would go back to medical school again if they were given like a chance at a do-over. Half of them said yes but half of them also said no, that they wished they had done something else. And as much as they loved their career, the periodic burnout and the strain of not being able to provide the care the patients need due to reasons outside of their control, and the high-stress environment prevented the feeling of fulfillment in the career, like, really contributed to their decision to, like, you know, if they could go back, would they become physicians again? So after hearing that, it took me a while and a long period of self-reflection to realize that if I were in that position, like if a student that was shadowing me was asking me that, I would probably say no to that question, that I would probably do something else. 
And that, that kind of, you know, that feeling urged me to reconsider because maybe, I, I really think that medicine or any career that you go into, you can't embrace it half-heartedly. So you have to be sure that you really wanted to. And I hesitated, so that was my first clue. But, um, you know, there wasn't really one specific moment that made me think dentistry was the right path for me. Like, I didn't, I didn't walk into the dentist's office, see a tooth, and I was like, wow, I really want to be a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say it was a realization that my skills and my personality were better suited for dentistry. So what I actually did literally was sit down and made a list of my skills and my interests. I considered uh, my interest in neuroscience, namely like neuropharmacology, uh, my fine motor skills that I developed through my hobby of like drawing, painting, cooking, and my fulfillment from seeing people happy with a confident smile. I also thought about my passion for the sciences and like my need to continue learning, especially languages. I have a huge interest in languages and connecting with people. And I really would like a predictable day-to-day -day schedule filled with interpersonal relationships with like diverse people in specifically a healthcare setting. So what kind of career fit, the, fit like these check boxes? Dentistry, right? So after that, I began shadowing my general dentist, and then for the first time, everything just felt right. So I, I knew I had to continue with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are all such key things to consider. I've actually never thought about this, especially in dentistry. Yeah. Maybe it's because I never for myself considered dentistry as a career, but hell, you make it so tempting, I'm almost convinced. <laughs> um, but yeah, the whole thing you were talking about, burnout and this lack of autonomy that a lot of doctors face. Sadly, uh, this podcast can only do so much, but... Uh, I guess the ultimate goal is to fix the whole burnout thing. Hashtag save our doctors. Exactly, yeah. Um, better doctors have uh, implement better patient care. And the whole, I guess, mantra of Cardinal Med is just gifting uh, young doctors with tools they can use in their everyday life to really uh, grow as physicians later on and hopefully prevent, the, prevent this whole burnout thing. But I'm really happy that, I guess, if there is a silver lining of the whole problem, it's, you know, it's gifted you with some insight into what, you want to hopefully do as a future career. Yes, absolutely. And I really admired what you were saying about the whole predictability aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I know, I think among, and I don't know if you'd agree, but I think among students, there's this whole, I don't want to call it a stigma, I'll call it uh, some sort of pressure where it's like, uh, if you're not happy with your day-to-day -day life as a student or as, um, or as a healthcare provider or really anything, it's kind of like you're weak. It's this whole, uh, it's this whole idea that you, if you're not happy with something, you just need to kind of push through it and you'll arrive at this sort of golden area eventually. I really admire that you're taking your future into your own hands and really recognizing your skills and your life preferences and whatnot and being able to arrive at this career goal that really fits your unique personality and wants. So I mentioned my job as a certified nurse's aide. The, there was this, this one day that came to mind specifically that really, really solidified my decision not to do medicine. Um, so I was working in the critical care unit, and there was this, uh, this lady that I was taking care of. Um, she was incontinent, so I had to like, take care of her, feed her, you know, give her the works. Um, she, I was talking to her while I was taking care of her, and she mentioned that you know, she, she wished her family came and visited her today. Like, for some reason today, um, she really needed to see her family, but they weren't coming today for whatever reason. Maybe they had their their job or some other preoccupation. 
I said, okay. Well, I popped in and out while I was taking care of the other patients, and right before my lunch break, I came in, and I was like, hey, um, I'm about to go eat lunch, but I'll be back in half an hour, and she, she just smiled at me, and she said, okay. So I went to lunch, and then when I was walking back up the stairs to the unit, um, there all these these other nurses were rushing into her room, and she, I guess, she coded, and um, I had no indication that, you know, no hint that this was going to happen. This was completely, uh, took, took me aback, and just like that, she was gone, you know. A half an hour ago, she was smiling at me, like, hey, have a good lunch, and then I came back, and then that was it, so. That's insane. I know, and I just, I just went to the bathroom in the, uh, the staff break room and I just sat there and I cried. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and th- it, that was the first moment where I was like, am I sure <laughs> I want to do medicine? So that kind of, there's that kind of unpredictability too. With yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, a lot of factors to consider. It's, you know, it's obviously a huge, huge, huge yeah. uh, <laughs> dedication aspect, like dedicating not just time of your life but a whole piece of your emotional being right too but I, I mean for me I, I know myself and that would be okay for a short amount of time but it's not sustainable yeah, yeah of so course I, I couldn't keep going with it mm-hmm. and relating back to dentists as a whole how do you feel that uh, dentists fit into the entire medic like medical equation you know we have our doctors PAs nurses vets and everything but um, how about dentists how about dentists okay well, I think dental medicine can be uh, seen as a subset of medicine. It's pretty much a, a specialty in my mind. So there are several higher learning level, higher level learning institutions that often see um, dental and medical students working together, like in medical school. So you you can often see them like dissecting a cadaver together in the lab or whatever. So as far as how dentists fit into the medical equation, I think a lot of people underestimate the importance of dentists and what they do because they're usually not dealing with terminal illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, our, our oral health can definitely affect your general health as well. So, for example, if you have poor oral health, that can increase the risk of stroke or cardiovascular disease in addition to, like, you know, oral infections like tooth decay and gum disease. Um you have to realize there's there's a lot of germs in your mouth that can contribute to complications. And you can do a lot of preventative care just by keeping up with your oral hygiene. So, you know, brush twice a day, floss daily, you know, uh, maintain a healthy diet, don't smoke, and visit the dentist regularly. And as a pre-dental student, can you provide us a little insight into what the whole pre-dental path really looks like? Um, do you need four years of college? Um, is there an accelerated option to getting your dental degree. Uh, yeah, tell us a little more about that. I think the, the pre-dental path is actually pretty identical to the pre-med path. I haven't had to change classes or anything since I've switched over to pre-dental. Um, so you're, as a pre-dental student, you're required to take the core sciences, so that includes biology, chemistry, inorganic or general chemistry, uh, organic chemistry, physics, and some English classes. And while you could probably knock out some electives at a community college to save money, a lot of dental schools will generally not accept a transfer credit from a community college for the the core sciences, at least. So most schools require at least two years of college um, with a preference to individuals who have earned a bachelor's degree. You don't have to major in a science, but this is 
uh, will generally make, make life easier if you do major in the science because often science majors encompass all of those core science classes that you have to take anyway. And when you say preference for bachelor's degree, is there like, I don't know, can you get an associate's and technically move on? Is that in theory possible, but not usually done? I'm not sure if you know that. Um, I, I, yeah, in theory, I guess you can get a associate's degree two more, two years, but you know, don't quote on me on that. Cause yeah, I'm I don't not. know. I don't know how recommended <laughs> that path would be. Like, yeah. <laughs> I guess it wouldn't make your life too easy, but yeah, please go on. Mm-hmm. So different dental schools will prefer to see some upper level biology courses like biochemistry, genetics, microbiology over others, but this is dependent on the dental school. So I recommend going to their website or like getting one of those um, huge books from ADEA that lists all the schools and their requirements in them. And what is that, the ADEA? So the ADEA is the American Dental Education Association. And the book I'm specifically talking about is the ADEA Official Guide to Dental Schools. Um, They're going to release a new edition every year, so it's up to date. You can get the the most recent version if you'd like the most recent information, but, you know, an an older version will likely be cheaper and still give you the gist of what you need to know. Um, As far as extracurriculars go... I know that dental schools like to see as much clinical hours as possible, especially with a general dentist or and uh, some kind of extracurricular activity where you can improve your fine motor skills. So you can do this through like painting, knitting, playing an instrument. Um, dental schools also like to see leadership positions, like you, you have leadership skills and you're prominent on campus. Research is also recommended. That's just a, a blanket overview, and specific schools will put emphasis on different things. Usually, the dental school will have a section an, about like selection factors for their matriculants on their website. So, I really, really recommend going on the website to figure out like what schools are looking for. Um, some schools offer an accelerated three-four program with dental schools. Like I know, I know Muhlenberg does with the University of Pennsylvania. Rutgers also does with their um, undergraduate and dental school, and so does Temple. You usually apply to these programs in your senior year of high school, though, before you even come to the undergraduate institution. Uh, A lot of these programs require you to have a certain GPA and a certain score on the standardized dental admissions test, or the DAT, which is like our version of the the MCAT, um, for you to continue onto the the dental school like you have to earn a certain gpa by the end of your sophomore year of high school or of college or something like that Um, the programs are often paired with really excellent institutions and can be very beneficial from a financial standpoint because you're you know um, you're doing the whole undergraduate and dental school in seven years instead of eight or more Um, i recommend you apply if given the opportunity but they they do have their pros and cons Yeah, it's definitely something you have to be very committed to from the get-go. Um, I don't know how many 18-year-olds I can say knew they wanted to practice dentistry or medicine or anything right out of high school. Yeah. You know, I imagine it's pretty rare when you're, uh, I imagine it's pretty rare saying to yourself like, oh, yeah, like I know what I want to do for the rest of my life. And you're in, like the 12th grade, <laughs> you know. Um, but I'm, yeah, there are, there are definitely some people out there that could definitely benefit from it. And uh, I guess to touch on the whole financial aspect too, you said that 
Um, it'll save you money because it's only seven instead of eight years. I don't know how much it is for dental schools typically, but I know for med school, like I'm applying to like 20 schools costing me well into the three K's. <laughs> so um, if I was in some sort of guaranteed match program like that, then <laughs> um, that would save me some application money as well. Oh, heck yeah. Um, yeah. And then you probably talked about this in your financial podcast too, but that's a whole year that you could be uh, earning money for. So yeah, whole salary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to go back to the, the DAT to tell you more about that. So the DAT is scored on a scale of 1 to 30, and it tests your knowledge on biology, general chemistry, organic chemistry, perceptual ability, reading comprehension, and quantitative reasoning. As far as the, the stats go for that, I think the average dental school applicant will score around a, a 17, but the average matriculant who actually goes on to dental school will score a 19 or higher. And if we're talking about GPA, I think the average matriculant will have uh, maybe like a 3.5 or higher, according to Kaplan. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's a very competitive thing. Yeah, absolutely. Takes a lot of good grades and takes a lot of good test taking skills, I guess you could say, to um, yep. just get the, the bare bones of being able to matriculate. And I guess as far as dental schools go uh, specifically, what are you looking for or what should someone else, would you imagine, be looking for in a dental school program? Um, is it? Do you think they should focus most on like location, the prestige or prowess of the program itself? Maybe some like the name behind it. What makes a good dental program? Personally, for me, this is not going to apply to everyone, but I want to stay close to home or at least on the East Coast. Um, depending on whether or not you're looking to specialize or practice general dentistry, I know some schools are better than others due to the amount or quality of the clinic hours they provide. So, for example, tem Temple is excellent if you want to become a general dentist because they have phenomenal clinic hours and you get a lot of patient interaction. But students who attend like the, the University of Pennsylvania are more likely to match and specialize after their four years. For me, I'm interested in specializing, so I would probably choose a school with one of those like higher match rates like UPenn. Um, additionally, dental school, like medical school admissions, can be really competitive, as we were saying before. And according to Kaplan, less than 50% of the people applying to dental school are accepted. And then less than 5% of applicants are accepted to the most competitive schools. So to be honest, I would love to stay on the East Coast and pretend uh, attend a prestigious dental school like Columbia or Penn or Pitt. But I would honestly be grateful to go to dental school anywhere. <laughs> yeah, when you apply, you got to cast a really wide net yeah. and just you know hope something sticks. Honestly. right? And how about the length of dental school? Like how, how long is it in comparison to med school? And uh, are there any options to specialize afterwards? Dental school is traditionally four years plus a few extra years if you are looking to specialize. Um, as far as accelerated routes go, that it would only be those three and four programs. You're going to have to be in dental school for four years mm -hmm. regardless. Um, but like we were saying before, these programs do have their disadvantages as well as their advantages. Um, yeah, that might be a topic for a different episode, I guess. Yeah. I know a few people who are in uh, the accelerated program, so maybe we'll invite them on the show. Yeah. Um, and I guess as far as the dental school curriculum goes, what does that generally look like? I know for medical school, there's two years of classroom time, we'll call it, and then two years of clinical rotations, like clerkships, where, you know, you do rounds as a student in hospitals. Is that the same in med school? I'm sorry. Is that the same in dental school? It's very similar, yes. Dental school requirements will, of course, vary by school. 
Um, but they, they will be four-year programs, as we were saying. The first two years will be in the classroom. So you'll take classes in, like, the upper-level biology courses in your undergrad, like anatomy, biochemistry, pharmacology, physiology, and much more depth, I imagine, because I'm not there yet. <laughs> the third and fourth years, though, will be in the clinic, and the, these will be supervised by a licensed dental professional. So you'll have actual dentists um, guiding you while you're in the clinic, often serving people from the, the community. Um, dental students will get a very wide exposure to different environments, like community clinics and hospitals while they're um, in their third or fourth year. Some schools offer business management courses as well if you're interested in building a private practice. And then after your four years, you'll have to earn your license by passing like a, the what's called the National Board Dental Examination. Or in some states, they have to complete a very state-specific exam to get their license and practice dentistry. So while you're not um, required to complete an internship or residency to start practicing as a general dentist, some states do require a one-year postdoctoral residency before you can practice in that state. All right, so we're going to backtrack a little bit and talk a little bit more about Viv's, I guess, personal experiences as a student. And in doing so, we're going to try seeing if Viv can provide a little more insight for students who are looking to pursue a similar path and helping them gain a better hold of their lives as students, right? And just to jump right into it, Viv, tell us a little bit about any adversity or any barriers you've experienced in pursuing the pre-dental track and how have you overcome them in the past? Um, honestly, um, when I was deciding to switch over to dentistry, I, I talked to my mom about this. She was the first person I told, and she actually cried and was visibly upset that I, <laughs> I wanted to become a, a dentist instead of a physician. And I think this, this personally has to do a lot with the Asian culture and, like, the, especially immigrant, uh, with immigrant parents, they want to see, you know, their kid grow up, be successful, and their image of success is one of their kid becoming a physician and taking care of others and giving back. Um, but my mom was upset that I had decided to pursue dentistry because she didn't think that I was working up to my full potential. She kind of saw dentistry as less than medicine. Um, and there, there was some tension in the household after that, but it, I tried to explain to her the what it really means to be a dentist because the only exposure that she's had to dentistry is, you know, going to the dentist and getting her teeth cleaned, and she thought that was it. Um, I told her the ins and outs, like the research that goes into it, the, the connection between oral health and your systemic health. Um, so I, I feel like a lot of that kind of misunderstanding has to do with... Uh, not being familiar with the career as it really is. And, you know, like, how can you be if you're not in that profession yet, you know? So I would say that was a huge obstacle. It, it really made me question, like, did I make the right decision? Like, should I go to dentistry? Should I stick with medicine? I struggled with that for a while. But, you know, as time went on, I, I realized how much I love studying and look forward to becoming a dentist and after explaining that to my mom and like making sure she really understands what dentistry is she um st you know she supported me because you know she saw how happy I was so 
I, that's a really big obstacle that I encountered. Yeah, a lot of times in the show, we talk a lot about the whole stigma against doctors and med students in particular, but <laughs> we're kind of jerks <laughs> in our own right, right? So it isn't uncommon for some med student or pre-med whatever to kind of look down on the other forms of healthcare as not being rigorous enough or, I don't know, some other stupid thing. And that's just silly because, you know, it's a, it's a healthcare team. Everyone from a lot of different facets of healthcare comes together for a common goal, and that's the end of the story. There's no real need to make this whole hierarchy going on, right? That just, it benefits literally no one. And in your case, Viv, it almost completely derailed your decision on uh, what you wanted to study. So if you're you're a student doing that, stop it. (laughs) And Viv, just to close out this interview, I guess targeting our older high school slash young college student audience, what can these students do to best prepare themselves for the pre-dental track? In the classroom, know what you're getting into. Do your research and form good study habits um, while you're in the classroom also do things to develop your fine motor skills by picking up a hobby I mean uh, I guess maybe in like the the science lab classes that applies a little bit more unless you want to like write on your work on your handwriting or something um, and and definitely strengthen your interpersonal skills like make connections and relationships with your friends and your professors get to know them but genuinely get to know them. Don't, you know, go past the small talk. Like, really try to connect with this person that you're speaking to. Um, if you're, um, I know, and high schoolers have, um, what are they called? Counselors, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> guidance <laughs> they counselors. Can, yeah, guidance counselors. So talk to your guidance counselor about what these careers might mean, like who you could talk to. Your guidance counselor will have resources and people to connect you with. To, for you to learn more about that particular career. If you're a young college student, you should meet with your pre-professional advisor at least once a semester and keep them updated, and maybe they'll, they'll have some advice for you depending on how your semester is going. And just make sure you're, you're on, plaque, on track and <laughs> on plaque, oh God. Um, make sure you're on track to continue pursuing dentistry and just make sure that you really understand the the need to be continuously learning when you're in a health field like this. Um, Go off, queen. (laughs) And, uh, you know, just make sure you have strong reasons to be pursuing dentistry or any health profession you don't want to do this half-heartedly so really make sure you want to do it yeah people are going to ask you about it constantly interviews family freaking thanksgiving i don't know they're going (laughs) to ask you constantly why you want to do that so make sure you got this answer kind of packed away in your head not to mention the you know the um not to mention the admissions committee as well yeah exactly (laughs) and outside of the classroom what experiences should these students be seeking to obtain for the, the pre-dental track, I think maybe this applies to, like, any health profession, but definitely um, develop your love for serving the community and giving back. So I wish I had done some more community service and volunteering, but due to uh, financial reasons, I wasn't able to devote my time back as much as I like would like to. Um, and also just diversify your interests and just keep learning about things that don't necessarily pertain to you to help you keep an open mind 
I, I wish I kept an open mind because I realized dentistry is a better fit for me, but way, way too late than way, way later than I would like to not too late. It's never too late. Exactly. Um, and talking more about yourself, what do you wish you did differently? Um, I know you said that you wish you kind of realized it sooner, but I mean a more tangible thing. What do you wish you did differently in your track um, to becoming a pre-dental student? Uh, honestly, I don't think I would do anything differently. I know that's that's bad advice, but um, the experiences that I've had have made me into the person I am today. And I think I've learned a lot about all of those experiences, so I, w- I wouldn't change anything. Snaps for that. Yeah. There's, there's always something to learn, so... Keep an open mind. That's yeah, good advice. Yeah. I guess on the flip side, what did you do maybe unintentionally that you're very happy that you did? Like, uh, I don't know. Did you do something that you had no idea would be so influential in your life and it turned out to be? Um, honestly, definitely the job as a, a certified nurse's aide. Um, I actually got that job because I was in this program in high school. It was like a... Um, a program through the local hospital where college students could come and listen to speakers and then also shadow physicians. And at the end of that class, the the people who ran the program were like, oh, um, if you want a job, just apply as a certified nurse's aide. It's fun. It, you get money and experience. Um, so I was like, okay, well, why not? <laughs> so I applied. And then who knew that that was ultimately the the thing that made me turn to dentistry i think i think i'm very i'm i think that i'm happier now that i'm pursuing pre-dentistry than pre-medicine um so that was definitely unintentional (laughs) and viv do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners just any last pieces of advice you want to throw out there in the open (laughs) um have fun i know i know you're (laughs) Sometimes pre-med, pre-med students, pre-dental students, pre-health students have this one-track mind where they're always thinking, like, what's the next thing that I have to do? Like, oh, now I have volunteering experience. Now I have to go shadow. Now I have to do this. I have to get this grade. And you're constantly planning out the next thing that's, like, on your schedule that you don't take the time to really enjoy yourself and, like, be with your friends, be with your family, be present because... Um, you know, you're only going to be in high school and undergraduate college <laughs> once in your life. So the time really flies by. Like, Chris, can you believe we're going to be seniors next year? Don't mention it. I'm going to oh. cry. Yeah, it's it's it honestly flew by so quickly. So as much as it's nice to be ambitious and know what you want, also take the time to enjoy the present. And I guess that wraps up the interview. Uh, thank you so much Viv, for coming on the show. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cardinal Med Podcast. If you found any of this information helpful, please be sure to rate us well on iTunes or whatever platform you found us on. If you did not, uh, we'd equally appreciate some constructive criticism as well. That way we can improve and best help you as a student succeed. Consider becoming a patron on Patreon uh, if you want some inside gifts from Cardinal Med um, and just want to see us grow in production and quality. Finally, just as a bit of a disclaimer, any information you obtain via Cardinal Med is for entertainment purposes only and should 100% be verified with your own pre-med advisor as they can provide a much more individualized approach. Um, I am not a pre-med advisor. I am a student much like yourself, just with some additional experiences. Thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next one.